0: Welcome to Jen and Sam Make a Movie. This is our podcast about our foray into indie film. Today we're talking all about screenwriting, how you can make it as an indie screenwriter or a writer who really wants to get your project made into a film. Joining us, as always, is the writer of A Fair Movie, Jen Finelli. Hi! So talk about your journey into screenwriting. Talk about your past work writing comic books and why you decided to screenwrite.
1: So I'm actually, um, a sci-fi writer. Most of my actually published work, actually, ironically enough, it's been published in podcasts. Now we're, we're talking in a podcast. Um, and it tends to be sci-fi and sci-fi shorts. That's what I'm published in. That's what I'm good at. I am a professional, screenwriting class taker. I've taken probably every screenwriting class available out there from all these different country, um, companies. So I became very interested in the screenwriting community, especially because I've already, you know, I'm already a professional writer and I really, really wanted to write this particular movie, which if you don't know, is a really cool story we have about a married couple who are blazing and really awesome and clever. One of them is a CEO and the other one is a comic book fan who likes to sit around the house, eat chips, um, which we can all identify with, I think. (laughs) And they're a married couple and they decide to end up having affairs with other people online because they get upset at each other and the service matches them with each other. So I really like this. So that's what our, our this is about and kind of broke into screenwriting uh, through other writing. Cause I already knew how to pitch, which you wouldn't know from the terrible job. I just did pitching that to you, but I already knew how to pitch. I already knew how to write professionally and get published professionally. I used to have my own business actually working as a freelancer and companies would pay me. One of my books, actually, that a ghost wrote, so I cannot tell you the name of the book, which is the silly thing about ghost writing. Um, one of my books actually hit the top of uh, Christian Inspirational Fiction on Amazon for the most downloads the week he came out. So I can write. But the question is, you know, can I write a movie? And that's kind of what this journey was about, is learning how to do that and how to do that well. And Sam thinks I'm Okay.
0: I think you're really good.
1: The Austin Film Festival also thought we were okay. Um, they had a really a lot of really good feedback. We actually got to the top 10 um, to 15% of scripts at the Austin Film Festival. And from what I've been hearing out on the writing street, quote unquote, um, is that that's actually a really good film festival to do well in. Um, there's a lot of smaller film festivals that it doesn't matter if you win or not. So that's pretty cool. And the f- feedback we got from them was really fantastic. Uh, it was really right on line with the feedback that we got after Sam did our first table read. Um, Sam re- recorded it for me because I couldn't be there. And just listening to the table read itself, um, listening to Sam's feedback, which was excellent because you know she's a filmmaker, so she knows what, kind of what she's doing, what she wants in a film. And listening to kind of what other people felt after having read it, a lot of it was really similar to what was being said um, at the film festival. I and mean, we had our first, our first line reader had no feedback. They were like, this is wonderful. I love it. There, there was, I think, a little, a little something, which I can't remember what it was, but mostly they were like raving, raving over it. I think they wanted us to win. Um, and the second line, the second round person had a little bit more feedback. Um, feedback especially about our first act which we really tried to tighten up and we we ended up cutting i don't know i i ended up cutting a lot of dialogue and things like that out of the film to kind of shorten because i i tend to meander in real life uh you really can't do that in a movie it has to be short and sweet
0: you can't have a million dollars not even a million these days like what fifty million for a rom-com you can meander yes We're doing this film for much, much less than that. And hopefully we can show you how you can get your film made for relatively inexpensive as well.
1: And we're learning a lot from a lot of other people who kind of know better than us. We're not total newcomers, even though this is our first feature film. um, Because we've both, you know, had professional experience in in this industry in some way before. But we kind of want this especially like this podcast and these journeys to kind of be a journey where you can come with us. Cause there's a lot of people out there who already know everything and they can tell you, teach you from kind of above, but we're really excited about like working, like coming alongside with filmmakers and being like, Hey, this is our journey. And that way you can also watch from our mistakes and things like that. The things we do, right. The things we do wrong and kind of be part of this story so that you're not, um, we, we're not shouting down at anybody from, from a mountaintop. I think. I think that's good. So um, Sam wanted me to talk a little bit with uh, you guys um, and I think with her (laughs) about um, how we're kind of using screenwriting contests as like partial payment. Um, One of my first ideas when I was starting to pitch this film to Sam because I, I pitched her just like, I took it, I actually took it really seriously. I don't know if Sam, I don't know if you know that, but I mean, to me it was like, a, it was like, I'm going to you know try to pitch this right. Um, and we, you know, the actual conversation was very casual, but there was a lot of preparation in my mind for like making sure that when she got it, it was as good as I could make it at that time. Uh, and so one part of my pitch was also making a marketing pitch because uh, I, I, as an indie filmmaker You have to be a little more market savvy You can't just be like Okay I'm a screenwriter And now somebody else is going to do all the work
0: Absolutely And we have a great blog resource um, It's on our blog It's called How to Sell Your Film in 30 Seconds And it's all about the elevator pitch And I compiled a lot of resources From other filmmakers Who talk about this
1: So you guys should check that out um, and so that's kind of one of the ideas is how can I also share not just the pitch of my story, which is fairly easy, married couple who end up having an affair with each other, pina colada song, sprinkle the blaze love on there. And it's beautiful. It's it's an awesome film and everyone's going to love it and you should all see it. So it's very easy because I, I have many different aspects from which I could make it very short, but I wanted to make sure to be able to pitch marketing and, pitch it in such a way that I could, you know, tell Sam, um, no, I'm not just giving you a script and saying, go away with it and, and have fun, but maybe I can, you know, maybe we can make this financially viable. And, um, it's still, you know, it still falls on the bulk of the producing, the bulk of everything goes on the producer. Right. Um, but understanding that, so one of the ways that we were going to try to make it work for, for me was that, Instead of taking, um, like, a salary or something like that, I can submit it to screenwriting contests before we've produced the film and try to use those as, like, my payment. Um, And that way all the final resources from the film can go to the film, to the producer, to, you know, her film company uh, and things like that. So that was one idea that we came up with um, that might work for some of you guys. Obviously, in order for that to work, you have to win contests. Um, so we also worked out a, a way so that if we don't win any money, um, I can still kind of be part of it and get get something. Um, but really, because this is a passion project for both of us in a lot of ways, there's not like this overwhelming concern for money. But still, I mean, this is this is a work thing. This is a lot of work, and we haven't even started filming yet and we've already put in a lot of work i think sam has put in more than i have um except for writing the script i did that but yeah important part (laughs)
0: this is the part i can't do i can say you know this you know the beat needs to be here you know this needs to move a little bit faster but as far as it's just which is funny considering my background i can I can critique dialogue. I can say, you know, no one would really say this or someone would say it this way. But as far as, you know,
1: the blank page coming, is up, with,
0: coming up with 100 pages of a screenplay. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> I'm really happy that Jen did that part for me.
1: <laughs> I think we have a really good dynamic because we we have a lot of strengths and um, between us both that one of us individually may not have. And I think that's really cool. But regardless of how much we like each other and how much we like the script, this is a lot of work. Um, And so the marketing aspect of it is important. And um, at some point people have to talk about money because when you guys are making a partnership or whatever, even if it's with your very best friend um, part of even just preserving that friendship is making sure that everybody has the same expectations going in. About things because you don't want you. I mean, the worst thing to happen, the movie is not important. The worst thing that can happen is that you go in together to a project and you end up losing a friend over it because you didn't have the same expectations about money. You get wildly successful and then you lose a friend. That would be terrible. So I do think that it's, I think that one thing we've done really well that I think other indie people might want to consider is do talk about money early on um, and try to figure out plan a b and c for how you guys are gonna get paid for your work or you know if you're not gonna get paid at all in which case you should you should both you should both know that
0: <laughs> agreed so as far as let's talk about the, the feedback from the festivals that we've submitted to do you think that the feedback has been worth it and how If someone wants to take the route of submitting their screenplay to festivals, how many do you think is a good idea to submit to?
1: So there's a really good resource online um, that talks about how you should just submit to the top festivals. So that's like four or five, because it's like 50, $60 each one. I have spent probably well over $500 now submitting to contests. That's a lot of money that I actually don't have. Um, so that's you know that's that's a thing i've submitted to a lot of extra contests because we're kind of using this a little bit differently we're using this to also see if we can get we want to get word out and kind of get our name out there because and because it's such an easily easy to sell idea we want it just having the script in multi and because we're pretty confident in the script just having the script in multiple contests gets people thinking and get gets their brains buzzing so that's that's kind of part of what I'm doing but as far as getting scripts um getting into into contests for the feedback the ones that I've gotten feedback from have been really wonderful um I got feedback from the Austin Film Festival as mentioned didn't pay anything extra for feedback I don't think which was beautiful so try to select those that don't make you pay extra because they're like ScreenCraft is a pretty cool organization And they have a lot of contests And they want to send me information about contests all the time But they charge you as much for the feedback As they do for the entries So you're paying $100 To have someone tell you what they think about your movie um, If you live in LA or, or any other area Where you, know, you have the 5 degrees of Kevin Bacon ability To contact somebody who actually knows about movies That'd be way more worth it um, If you don't, I live in Puerto Rico Um, you live in Ohio and it's a little harder. There's really good film community, um, in Ohio that Sam's really plugged into. Unfortunately, I'm not very plugged into the film community in Puerto Rico, even though there's a really good film community there too. Um, and part of that, it just makes it very difficult to get professional feedback, but I have not paid extra for feedback because it's not something I'm willing to do. I'm not going to pay pay double um the wild sound film festival like at the total other end of the spectrum of the austin film festival um like these are very much like a for-profit online only um what they do for you is if you win they post your video online you don't get money and prizes and you don't get picked up by a producer um so you're basically paying 50 dollars to maybe maybe not get your get your script table read online um which sounds like a terrible deal But the feedback was great They spent they they I think it was like I don't know It was a few thousand words of feedback it, And it was pretty solid The person really thought about it Did I agree with all the the feedback? Um, no, some of it I thought From a professional standpoint Doesn't work uh, And some of it I thought Came from the perspective Of somebody who likes to watch A very different kind of romantic comedy Than I do um, Like I'm not really big on some of the okay I'm I don't want to be a jerk um I'm not a really big of any fan of anything Adam Sandler does um and I feel like when I think romantic
0: comedy I do not think Adam Sandler so that's hilarious
1: <laughs> um I think he's been in a, in one but like as, as far as comedy goes like that's his his comedy style and it's something that I'm trying to avoid um and slapstick
0: yeah. Everything crazy, adult, man-child humor.
1: Yeah. But then on the other hand, I really dig, which is going to sound like a contradiction, but really dig the humor of Futurama. And what Futurama does is often very random uh, because random and awkward situations can be very funny. So we have some transitions in our film um, within the script where there is a moment of wait that's very spontaneous because i think that's how people actually are so and some of those moments have been um if you have a character who's spontaneous and another one who loves order
0: and not everything to be planned out that's another dynamic that's really interesting to explore which is what
1: we do yeah exactly which and i th- that affects the flow of the of the screenplay um, which was one of the criticisms we received that I disagreed with was that the flow should be more linear um, instead of you know because when they start having the affair they jump um, very quickly from item to item because Sungmin is going down an itemized list um, which actually is a very Lashonda thing to do to go down a list but they're but they're very they almost seem like random things that they're jumping into uh, and that's because that's how Sungmin's brain works his is very His very random thing. It's like he wants to do this and they have two opposing agendas because she has a bunch of ideas of what she wants him to do. He has a bunch of ideas of what he wants her to do. And so there cannot be order when you have two opposing agendas that are trying to give you take turns. That's
0: the thing about a, right. It's not a boy meets girl and they both fly towards each other. These two characters don't want to be together and they're, this is a last ditch effort to save their marriage. Yeah. So they've got two opposing agendas. And what we're exploring is, you know, how are they going to make it work? These people are, you know, by modern standards, this marriage should not work. Yeah. These two people should not have gotten married and they shouldn't have stayed together as long as they have stayed together. Yeah. Right.
1: Which, and that's one thing that I like that we mentioned is a lot of how they stay together. That was another thing that was criticized that I do disagree with. Um, I don't was Somebody said it's unbelievable that they would forget that they've been married, that some wouldn't remember that he's been married for eight years, that he would think it's five. Uh, I think that person was female who gave that critique. So this is a terrible gender stereotype, but I'm going to be sexist and stick to my guns here. Um, I don't think that a lot of women realize how easy it is for a lot of dudes to just sit back and forget stuff. I have, like, a dude brain. And
0: especially if you're not, like, in school or you're counting the years. If uh-huh. you're just sort of floating through life, things pass by. You forget birthdays. You know, you forget the year you got married. You forget, the,
1: there, you know... Yeah.
0: Your age. Yeah, there are I, people who don't know I remember calling my... Yeah, I forgot... Um, My father's birthday is right around Halloween, and I remember calling him. He's like, "Oh, yeah, it's my birthday." Oops. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, if it's your own birthday, who cares? You know, if you forgot it, but
1: yeah. Well, and I for for the last two years actually, I didn't know how old I was, and I'm not old, so I shouldn't be. But I realized I sat down and calculated the other day. I know, I think I know how old I am now, Um, but about. Two years ago, I sat down and I, I realized that I had been subtracting years from my birthday, for, like without knowing it. Because I I joke when someone asks me how old I am, I always say twelve because that's my standard answer. I never have to worry about how old I am. Um, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh my goodness. I'm two years older than I thought I was. And that's the same thing that happens to Sungmin. He's like, three years, whoa, I've been married for eight years? What am I even doing in this terrible relationship with this monster for three more years than I thought I was? And of course, LaShonda remembers, because she's, she's an organized, intelligent person. She's a little smarter than I am. <laughs> so, so a lot of those things had to do with like the vision for the character, um, which is hopefully going to be really... That's is another benefit to going indie is because I went to somebody that I know understands the vision for the character. It's amazing how well you understand. It's like a psychic thing. I love it. That's why I. I-
0: <laughs> Every decent director, even if they don't understand the choice that a character is making, you have to make one up, and that's okay. Indie directors, you know, if you if you're handed a screenplay that you you know you really like, uh, or even if you don't like, you know, you can. In order to humanize characters so that they're not just words on a page, you have to, you have, you, you have
1: what to you like, have think to do, about them, imagine them. <laughs> yeah, you
0: have to imagine them as real people with real motivations. And if you get on set and you haven't done that, if you get on set and you haven't done that, then your actors are going to be coming to you and saying, you know, I don't really understand why this character would do this. And you're not going to have an answer for them. And it's going to show up in your scene. Yeah. That's and there's you a lot of movies want, like right? that.
1: Yeah. Where it's like, I there's don't know why this guy did like that. that. Yeah.
0: And sorry, there's a train. I also live behind a train track. So... <laughs> There's everything happening outside my apartment. I apologize for the audio quality of the podcast. It's totally my fault. Jen has an awesome mic and she's working in a perfectly quiet environment and on essentially like the equivalent of downtown Manhattan, except in the middle of nowhere in Ohio.
1: Like, what did you call it before? You called it downtown nowhere, which I, I downtown love that. Nowhere,
0: Ohio, also known as Norwalk, about an hour outside of Cleveland, where <gasps> I spend a lot of my time.
1: Whoa, you live where the Norwalk virus comes from? What? Oh man, Norwalk, Ohio.
0: There's a, there's a virus near
1: after through my town. What? Oh man, I think is it. It might not be. It might be a Resident Evil virus. It might not be a real virus i think you live in like zombie let's let's look this up this is important for all our fans to know in case you ever want to go visit our producer and it turns out she's actually a virus or a zombie um no wait the norwalk virus is a real thing it's not a zombie virus it's a real human virus where you get uh gastroenteritis Look at me. I learned things in medical school, and then I thought I learned them from a video game. This is this is Maybe that's your memory
0: palace, like a video game.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's the one that gives you terrible diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, um, and possibly non-bloody diarrhea. Oh, is that
0: Norwalk, Ohio? Because there's a Norwalk, Connecticut, and a Norwalk, California.
1: I don't know. I didn't know there were so many Norwalks. There are far too many Norwalks. Okay, you should Norwalk in Norwalk. You should not not walk there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Um, oh man! All right. So that's that's we have established. That. Anyway, it's really so that's a really cool thing about um, having a producer who lives in a Norwalk infested area. Um, no, it's a really cool thing about having about having a producer that you know likes your thing. And that's actually why, um, because I have aspirations of writing a big movie someday. I think everybody does who's a screenwriter, especially everyone who's put as much time um, into learning it. That, and that's why I didn't hop right into, um, it, so I didn't hop right into writing my screenplay right away once I knew about it. This, this actually has been like five years in development, I think, maybe longer, um, because I, As a writer, as a professional writer, I recognized that I have my limitations and I knew I don't know how to write a screenplay. I need to learn. So I took a class at UVA. I took several classes online from various people. I rented a whole and bought a whole bunch of different books. Um, I I recommend my favorite ones on online which is why I really say I'm a professional screenwriting class taker because I knew that I needed to study and get good at this particular format. I think a lot of writers, we just sit down and decide, oh, I'm, I'm good at this. It's all in my heart. And we put it down. And then what we write sucks. Um, writing is a job, not like a game or a hobby for me. Um, so I work at it like it's a job and I study it and I'm serious about it. This is, I, I'm more serious about writing than I am about uh, my medical stuff which is not to say that I'm not serious about my patients because I'm serious about them. They're very important. Um, But I recognize that my patients are going to heal themselves in a way, you know, we have, Amazing human bodies with immune systems that fix and and you know I understand that that's a cooperative relationship right. But me and my script is not necessarily a cooperative relationship. That script is not going to fix itself, and my writing weaknesses are not going to fix itself. I think a lot of the biggest problem that writers have is that we're unwilling to sit down and just do the work, Um, the work of revising, the work of taking advice and changing things. Um, And that's kind of essentially where where this all comes from. And that's why, so as as I was saying, like, yeah, I want to be, you know, a big famous screenwriter one day. But on the other hand, I know that this script has a really important story. And I don't really, Hollywood isn't really looking to produce things like this right now. I mean, I've been reading about one girl. She wrote a, a screenplay about uh, both the, of the couples were uh, I, th- I think both members of the romantic comedy Were obese or fat Or however you want to say it um, And she wanted to be body positive about it She wanted to be like These are attractive people
0: Fat people have sex too
1: Yes, that's good <laughs> Please don't
0: attack us for using the word fat Twitter
1: um, Yes, or Tumblr They get really angry But I don't, I don't know a lot of Tumblr people Um if you attack us on
0: Tumblr,
1: we're not going to find out about it. It'll be okay. Just be nice to us on Twitter. Yeah, we've
0: hurt our feelings on Twitter. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, you know, and she and she wants to be body positive about them and celebrate them and, and see see them as a, as a beautiful and sexual thing. And all, all the Hollywood people that she talked to were like, we need to make fun of them, and this needs to be funny. And she, her comedy, her, it wasn't a rom-com. That was just supposed to be serious romance. Um, and a similar thing, Wang Fu Productions, um who you guys should look up, they have a huge following. They are clearly bankable. Any producer with a brain looks at them and knows this is bankable, and producers turned them down and said they needed to replace the Asian characters with white people and This is why i can't I have people in my life who don't believe that there's still racism in Hollywood. I'm sorry. It is a fact. There is racism in Hollywood.
0: Excusable racism because it's it's masked by, you know, this is our money. We're going to invest it and we don't know we don't know for sure that you're financially viable because what you want to do hasn't been done before because we won't let you do it. It's yeah. this chicken and egg problem that really can only be fixed when we stop asking people for permission and start creating our own markets. Yeah. And that's what we've been doing. Um What's that movie by Wong Fu Productions, by the way? It's amazing, and I it was on Netflix at one point.
1: I, Wong Fu Productions' first movie? Wasn't that his title? That was the title of their no. crowdfunding. That was the title of their crowdfunder for it. Um, We're going to find
0: out. We're going to find out right now. Hold
1: on. A lot of people really loved it. I don't know. I don't remember the title, but yeah. And it's not to say you're not saying that like the racism is excusable because um, I don't want people to take that quote out of context. But you know, saying that people make excuses for it. Um, somebody on Twitter said it was really brilliant. Somebody on Twitter said we need to stop asking for a seat at the table and start building our own table. And I think that's very true, and that's what we're doing. Because when it comes down to it, I didn't really want to s- compromise on this screenplay, so. I decided I was going to go find a very good table maker To make my table Now we're finding out what's going on with uh, finding out the name of the Wong Fu Productions movie So you now guys can look it up beautiful. <laughs> She's finding it I'm going to make Jeopardy sounds while she finds it Because do, 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 do. you can't see us we, we look super cute right now, the both of us. So you guys should think about that while we're while we're looking for this. So one of the other things, um, actually, that's been kind of a, a inspiration in learning writing and learning some of this marketing and indie stuff, I think indie film producers should really check out um, big YouTubers and how they're surviving. Speaking of Wang Fu Productions, uh, Wang Fu Productions is a really great example specifically because they are, they just, their YouTube short makers, but actually, you can learn a lot from video game let's players too. Um, especially podcast makers um, can learn a lot because they understand the value of, like, they really understand the value of. You can't have dead air; you have to keep the energy going. Um, so, I highly recommend looking those those guys up. By the way, because they're very yeah, it's called
0: Everything Before Us.
1: The film's called Everything Before Us by Long
0: Fu Productions, and it was on Netflix. It might still be on Netflix, no guarantees, but it's an amazing movie. It's got sci-fi. It's got romance. It's, you know, semi-dystopian. It's great. So go check it out. And it's great for representation of Asians. It's just wonderful.
1: <laughs> well, and they just have really good film quality in general. All their stories have been very um, deep. They always have something to say, which I think is is pretty impressive so yeah so that's them um so i think i've answered i think we've gone through and kind of answered some of the questions we've had some kind of fun uh, meandering here into like representation in film and why we're passionate about this do we have anything left i think that's it
0: so that was our sort of mini podcast about screenwriting if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to send our way please feel free to email us at movie at mysweetaffair.com and check out uh, more information about our film. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at at affair underscore movie or at mysweetaffair.com. Thanks. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye-bye.